Welcome to our podcast series, Stories from the Field. I'm your host, Joy Keita, and with me today is Ron Pierce. It's good to be here again, Joy. Hi, Ron. I hear today we're going to do a story from Ethiopia about demon possession. That's right. And um, this was one I remembered very, very well because of um, how, how strange it was and how sad it was all in one. And I, I, I'm going to tell the folks that we just don't make up these stories and try to remember the details. Mm-hmm. We have tape recordings of all the interviews with all the people around the world. And second of all, I take notes mm-hmm. while we're doing this and uh, while we're, we're interviewing these folks. And then I add on to the notes afterwards other subnotes as trying to describe the environment or things like that. So when I read something back to all our friends, etc., mm-hmm. this is very, very accurate as far as this. We're not embellishing. We're taking the numbers right off the page. So today, in view of this, what I'm going to do, Joy, is read my notes okay. with all of the additions, etc., so people know, okay, this is exactly what I saw at this time. So here it goes. It was a village in Ethiopia, and there was a lady who had been demon-possessed for 25 years. When her husband died, his family came to her and did a demonic ceremony and completely dedicated her to demons. Her her father did that? No, this is the children. This is the children and of her husband that came, and I'm sure that the other children did too, and they dedicated her to the demons. For 25 years after that, She stayed in her house and didn't come out. So my question was, at that time, um, well, what was the point to this? And the idea was is that they thought that the demonic powers of one person who was sacrificed in this situation to be a prisoner in her house and to have all this demonic activity within her and just be a portal for power. And they thought they could get the power of all this demonic force for their business and for their farm and for everything that they were doing in life. Therefore, she was sacrificed so Uh they could have the benefits of demonic possession. So that was behind this thing. Okay. Okay, so here we go. So she had 13 children and nine of them died. But she remained in the house, tormented by the demons day and night. A local pastor who is a church planter went to see her even after being warned that if he were to just look at her, he could die. He took his Bible with him and went into the house. He wasn't afraid. I I got here. He was not afraid, he told us. He immediately said, Jesus is Lord. And the woman started to scream at the demon manifest as the demons manifested themselves. The pastor asked the demons how many of them there were in her. And they they spoke to her and spoke to him and said there were 158 of us, oh. and she was their home and center to do whatever they wanted in that place. So the the family was correct. Wow. This was a repository. This was the demon central, shall we say, <laughs> for that whole region. And she was the one who was in the middle of it. Do you think that she agreed to this, or was it kind of? Do you oh, know? I don't know. I wonder. It it it. it. If it was a demonic family, maybe she agreed. Yeah, okay. I, 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 that's a hard one because mm-hmm. so many things go into that. She was maybe so depressed, right. um, the family dying, the children dying. Oh, who yeah. knows? All that was in, going in her mind. But here she was. She adopted this, and they wouldn't let her out of the house. So she was a prisoner. 
So here's the pastor. He prayed over her for three hours, claiming Jesus as Lord and her house as a house of God Mm -hmm. and not a house of demons. After three hours, she was totally delivered and set free. She went outside of her house for the first time in 25 years. And the people were afraid of her until they saw the pastor eat with her and she walked around and greeted people. Now she's almost 80 years old and is still worshiping God today, the pastor said. There has been a big church planted in that place because of her deliverance and her testimony. And she was, it says that she, she would go around for years telling what it was like to be a prisoner of Satan for 25 wow. years. The church has 193 members and more and more are giving them, themselves to Christ daily. That is the story right from the notes. And that would have been a while ago, this story, right? Yes. This was a few years ago. This was five, five six, seven years ago. So that church is definitely Oh, oh it's exploded by, the, wow. by now. But the pastor, when he came in and told us the story, he was trying to talk about the idea that there's nothing that can, there's nothing can stop the growth of the Church of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And all these demonic forces are a force. Okay, it's true. But they do not have the power to curtail the work of God. Mm-hmm. And this is one woman who is a living testimony that there is a demonic force and, and satan, satanic forces out there mm-hmm. keeping her captive for 25 years, making her life, and I'm going to put it this way, a living hell. Mm-hmm. And that's the sort of environment she was in. But when she accepts Jesus in a moment of time, she can be set free. She becomes normal. She goes outside. Mm. She greets people. She's back in her right mind. And the power of God and of Jesus to set her free is as real as anything in this world. And that is the point of this story for people. You know, there's a few things that stand out to me in this story. And the first one is it's really easy to tell a story like this. But if you have the imagination to actually picture the reality of the situation, I'm amazed at the pastor's courage because I'm sure walking into this house that has had demonic activity for 25 years, it's not a pretty house. It's not a happy place. It has to be a little scary and a little dark. Um, And for him to have the courage to walk in and then to say he's not afraid because he probably wasn't, and then instantly to say Jesus is Lord. Yes. That couldn't have gone over well with the demons. Oh, no. Oh, no. But at the same time, he was protected. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing about people who are afraid of demons and afraid of mm-hmm. Satan and everything like that. We give, we give respect to their position and their power, but we're not afraid of it. We're not afraid. We're right. not afraid, and the powers of darkness cannot overpower us. Mm-hmm. I've run into situations of this over the years many times starting when I was a teenager, uh, dealing at a Christian camp with demon possession. And I've watched this over the years. And after a while, you get a confidence in God. Mm -hmm. The confidence in God centers around the fact that you are absolutely convinced that God exists. God has the power to keep us and preserve us and that Jesus loves us and gives us promises to protect us. And more than anything else in my thinking, that the Holy Spirit is indwelling me. I am the temple of God. Right. And the Holy Spirit, 
when he came and I was born again and he in 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 dwelt me mm-hmm. that at that time when he didn't dwelt me he set up residence there and nothing can dislodge him mm-hmm. which means that there's no power that can separate me what shall separate us from the love of god shall this and that and the other thing and no nothing can I wonder if Christians forget that sometimes, that we are being indwelt by the Holy Spirit and absolutely nothing can separate us in the moments of darkness in our own lives. I just, I wonder if that well, is a struggle. there are people today who are playing with Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out, you know, mm-hmm. and it's this, it's this half-hearted, half-baked commitment to Jesus. Right. They've never grown. They go to church. They walk in, they walk out. And... There's no depth there. But when you walk with God for years Mm -hmm. and you grow in him and the spirit of God teaches you and indwells you and he's your your living partner living within you and you can sense his presence, Mm -hmm. the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Yes, absolutely that is true. And once you do that for long enough and you have no second thoughts about going backwards, Mm -hmm. well— there's nothing that can hurt us, hurt us and harm us. We just will walk in the power of God and with the protection of the Holy Spirit at all times. And we're just convinced of that. So there's no fear in that. There's no there's fear. There's no fear. And currently I find um, that it's more of a feel-good ministry. If it feels good, then you might you might stick with it. That's the in and out thing yeah. rather than the depth. I, the The other yeah. thing that struck me about the story, and you say this a lot um, when relaying stories from the field— how they prayed for hours. They they fasted and they prayed for 15 days. And in this story, he prayed for three hours. Yes. And that just strikes me as incredible that he, why didn't he give up after 10 minutes or 20 <laughs> minutes or an hour? He just well, had the faith to continue. It's determination. Um, you know, we, we've got stories in the Bible, many stories about how things were done instantly. But then there's also also the teaching of repetitive praying mm-hmm. and coming again and again and again and again. And um, th- that's the sort of idea that is built into prayer around the world. Mm-hmm. Remember that in many cultures, prayer is not foreign to them in their religions. Right. Like in Buddhism, prayer is a central part. Hinduism, they go to the temples to pray. Islam. They go five times, I think it is, every day, mm-hmm. and they kneel down and they pray. It's a very, right. it's part of them. So they will go repetitively, and they will go for long periods of time. We, if we don't get it very, very quickly, mm-hmm. as children, we, which we are, uh, I'm finding more and more all the time <laughs> in the West, um, we, we just give up or we say, well, I, I'm tired of this now. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that's the way children are. They get tired very quickly. Around the world, they will look at prayer totally different than we do. From their religious backgrounds. Right. I, I thank you, Ron. I think it's been very encouraging on many levels, uh, this particular story. As always, it's been a pleasure being here with Ron Pierce on our podcast series, Stories from the Field. <laughs>